0: Welcome to the 10th episode of the Sustainable Steepover Club podcast and we have another amazing guest and conversation coming up. Also remember that you can stay up to date with us at Sustainable Steepover Club on Instagram and let us know what you thought of this episode. The goal we picked to reflect this episode was goal three, good health and well-being. Although, like in every episode, we also discussed so many other issues that intersect with other Sustainable Development Goals, such as reduced inequalities and quality education, this was the goal that stood out as we spoke about self-love and wellness. We looked at this in terms of beauty standards and racism, shining a light on the importance of self-acceptance in a society that is telling you to be anything but. One in four adolescents report two or more poor mental health symptoms more than once per week. Health is defined as not merely the absence of disease or infirmity, but a state of complete physical, mental and social well-being. We have so many societal messages that stop us from being at full health, but hopefully after listening to this episode, you can defy patriarchy, capitalism and colonialism by practicing self-love and wellness or as Henna says, loving yourself loudly. Henna uses she-her pronouns and is a British Punjabi Gujarati activist, writer, speaker and creative who explores topics of anti-racism, self-love, identity and wellness, and how they all intersect
1: through her creative work.
0: Hi Henna. how are you doing today?
1: Hi, I'm good, thank you. Very happy to be here. How are you guys?
0: Good, yeah, it's nice and sunny and everything. So yeah, looking forward to the conversation now as well. So can you tell us a little bit about you, about how you got into your activism and your creative work?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, To be completely honest, I actually don't really know how. <laughs> um, it definitely wasn't a like hugely conscious thing. I didn't really have a plan. I just sort of decided one day, um, I just sort of decided like I just want to put my voice out there and I want to sort of have a platform. Um. And I think that's what kind of led me to making my Instagram account, which is kind of my main, my main kind of like platform area, um, which is at hen underscore speaks. And um, I basically just started it because, yeah, like I said, I wanted to just kind of express myself and my experiences. Um, you know, as a woman of color, as a as a British Indian person, I, w- I wanted to create that space for myself because there was no space really in sort of like you know mainstream society that's not really you know they're not really asking for people like me to to speak up so I thought you know what I'll make it myself so I did and I just kind of just started posting to be honest and the activism stuff you know I've always been very passionate about like race and intersexual feminism and self-love and things like that especially as I got you know a bit later into my teen years and I st- sort of really started researching this type of thing and I just wanted to create that space for myself and just start posting. I just kind of did. And that is kind of how I explain it because it really was sort of like me blindly just posting things that I liked and the, you know, the, my perspective on things and on, on different issues. So it was ba- generally just a bit of that. And I was winging it and I'm still winging it. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Um, So if you feel comfortable and like how ever much as you feel comfortable but um I'm asking as well because it intersects with your work so much but can you talk about your experience with racism fat phobia beauty standards um, and stereotypes
1: yeah um I mean yeah we don't have enough time for me to really go into it like you know if you had all day then maybe we could but um you know all the all those things that you've listed they are just things that I have been just living with my whole life and you know anyone. Um any other women of color will will relate to that and any just marginalized people in general, you know marginalized genders and races and groups in general we've we've all we've all had to kind of combat one or more of these things at any one point so you know it was definitely something that I just like i said we just dealt with it when we when we were growing up. I wasn't really aware of any of these things, not until I sort of really started figuring out who I was, and I think realizing that who I was clashed with a lot of the ways that the world wanted me to be I think that was when um when I really sort of became aware of it and started kind of unpicking these things but um you know specifically when it came to sort of my own self-confidence I think my journey of self-love I think you know I've always been I was always like a chunky brown little hairy kid and like (laughs) I Def. I grew up definitely but I'm still all those things I'm I'm still chunky I'm still brown I'm hairy I'm a woman I'm you know I'm curvy like there's a lot that doesn't fit into the box that you know what is beautiful that we're told by the world is you know um so yeah it's I think it's been a very up and down journey um and it's still there's still a lot of stuff I'm figuring out now and I'm sure I will be for the rest of my life and you know all of us will have to do that at some point um you know we never sort of move to a place where it's like oh I'm completely fine everything's fine and you know I understand everything it's a lifelong thing so um it's difficult to I think describe describe my experiences with it um but definitely I think it had a very negative effect on me growing up and even now like it's kind of worse when you realize it because then you're like oh my god like did really mess me up (laughs) Um, and sort of looking back on it now and unpicking all of it I feel like I'm in a position where I'm aware and I'm moving towards a better place with it but at the same time it's so deeply entrenched in like the whole way the world is it's also kind of low-key a bit like depressing when you think about it because it's like I can try my best to to be okay with myself and accept myself and move through the world in a positive way, but the rest of the world most likely isn't going to change, especially like not probably in our lifetime. So, you know, not to be negative about it because, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff. And I think, um, I think just for me, the best, the most liberating part of it, I think has been expressing myself and sort of living my truth through um, just my life. And then with things like my Instagram account, I felt like that's been really liberating for me to carve out that space for me to do that processing and hopefully be that for somebody else and you know for someone else to see it and and feel a bit better that's um the most important thing to me um but i think that more of that more of more of community that will um kind of help us combat these things but i definitely think i found that which is nice um so yeah i'm not sure if i've answered the question properly but yeah, i hope no, i did
0: there is so much in that yeah that's a lovely answer um and something i've heard you speak brilliantly on is and this may be like a new idea for many people listening but decolonizing beauty standards mm. um uh, yeah can you tell us like what that means and why it's important yeah
1: I'm not like an academic or anything so <laughs> I'm not claiming to like give like the like universally accepted you know a definition of it but I think for me personally decolonizing decolonizing beauty standards let's like, yeah let's keep it more specific so decolonizing beauty standards to me is sort of addressing the negative impacts that colonization and just i would say just white supremacy in general um but obviously specifically colonization the effect that that's had on the way we look at ourselves on the way that we see ourselves in the world and unfortunately it's about like the currency we hold which if you're a person of color or a woman or woman of color, it's like not much. So, um, yeah, it's really about addressing the, the, the impact of those things because I think you know, this is me speaking about my experiences as a South Asian woman. Um, we, a part, part of our sort of the violence of colonization was, um, instilling like a lot of self-hatred in our community. And I think that that definitely, you know, it translates to beauty standards because then when you look at, for example, like, you know, my grandparents came to the UK in the 60s and so my parents were born here and then I was born here. But so I'm, I'm British by, you know, nationality, but the version that we're shown in the Western world of what is beautiful looks nothing like me. And I think that we understand that as well, you know, especially for women, beauty and attractiveness is like how much worth we have in the world and how much worth we hold in the world Um, and it does directly affect how easily we can move throughout the world and how you know how we'll be treated and I think that when you really really think when you sort of think about and you connect all the dots back it all does lead back to colonization and it all does lead back to the fact that it served a certain group of people to present a white thin able-bodied hairless, (laughs) hairless, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, I don't know if I've missed any, but you know, sort of Eurocentric version of beauty, like that's that's what they've presented it and it's for a specific reason I think as well, like for me a big part of decolonizing is realising, okay, this is not being presented to me because it has any, it holds any sense, because we know that people of all races and colours are beautiful, but you know you only have to look at people or look at the internet you you see lots of lots of beautiful people no matter what they look like but it's about understanding that that's been presented to us for a specific reason and it's to keep a specific group on top um which obviously we know is like white people to keep them above everybody else um so yeah when when we talk about decolonizing beauty standards it's about recognizing that that happened and recognizing that it then has impacted the way that we see ourselves because, you know, you would hope that everyone could grow up um, and look at themselves and think and find beauty within themselves. But obviously the, the beauty standards that we're presented with don't do that. They only want to make a very specific, specific group of people feel beautiful. Um, And then, yeah, when it, when it comes to what decolonizing actually is, I think a lot of it is just about accepting and celebrating yourself the way you are Um, And obviously accepting and celebrating the fact that you look different, but that's okay, And that's actually a good thing. And you are, you know, you're unique and you are, you know, you are are your ancestors and you, you know, you you're living proof of them, of their survival and stuff. And I think that um, that's why we see a lot of I think when we think about decolonizing beauty standards, a lot of seeing, you know, people of color celebrating their features and their skin tone and their hair texture and their skin texture and everything like that you know we 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 can sort of reclaim them and reclaim the power and the beauty in ourselves and sort of say to the world actually your really specific tiny tiny box that you think is beauty isn't and I think the more of us who do that the closer we move towards actually breaking those beauty standards um which I mean don't know if that will happen you know soon, but I think, you know, the more of us who do it, we, we move closer to it, which is nice.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, beauty in the societal sense is it's in itself a pr- privilege. I uh, like uh, for people who move through the world, but like that's on purpose. It's not inherent in any way, no. um, you know, and that's like really important for people to remember as well. And, um, and, you know, you often explain how oppression kind of generally like stems from three, Main systems, um, like patriarchy, colon colon, colonism, mm-hmm. um, colonization, yeah. yeah, and capitalism. Um I don't know if you want to like talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that when we look at beauty standards, particularly and like body image, anything that we're taught to feel bad about ourselves for will trickle down to one of those things. And I think that's what that's the reason I talk about it, because all three of those systems they they have a role to play in in all the ways that we feel about ourselves and like you said it's to realize that it's intentional it's not it's not because there's logic to it it's not because there's you know any type of truth to it but it's just that it's one of these systems at play like you know for example for example weight that's a that's a, a big a big big thing and weight is closely linked to you know and like fat phobia is rooted in anti-blackness firstly so that's the colonialism and then you've got the fact that um, diet culture is a huge huge industry and the amount of people who profit from people hating themselves is very sad but a huge industry and that's capitalism because obviously everything gets commercialized and you know you'll be you'll be sold gym memberships and fitness classes and hacks you know flat tummy tees those all that type of you know all that bullshit like you'll get sold all of that that which is capitalism and then also thinness also comes into like the male gaze so like what what is attractive to men is they want women who are slim they want to look a certain way so then you, so that's thing, even that that's all three of them and I think that a lot of I think all three probably come into play in pretty much all of them, um some more than others, but definitely like you know and even I forgot that actually um like ableism that's that roots from kind of like patriarchy and then also kind of capitalism as well, so you know it's everywhere and it's and it's and it's everything, and I think that when I think it's really important to realize those because I think for me personally, when I really clocked like okay the reason I don't like myself is not because I'm ugly or fat or too dark or too hairy or anything like that. It's just because one of these three systems is, is choosing that to, to be the the norm. So I think for me, it was really powerful to realize that and actually think, okay, it's not actually about you. It's about the world and it's about the way the world wants you to feel as opposed to the way you should feel or, you know, the way that, Oh, I've lost my train of thought, but yeah
0: you get yeah, it. <laughs> it's, it's like with any insecurity, more than likely there's a, a like a very historical um and like oppressive root cause, but also more than likely someone is profiting from it. And yeah. It's definitely it's not you like if you look at any insecurity you have. Yeah. Um and that, I think that's just such an important thing to always come back to. Uh yeah, you you phrased it much better though. Um <laughs> but um so then what is self-love and wellness um and like how do you practice it?
1: Okay. Well, I like this one. This is a good question. Um, okay. So self-love, it's a very difficult thing to, to define in one, but I think, it, I think it is about, a lot of it is about self-acceptance and I think a lot of it is about not, I guess, yeah, to be honest, it's just self-acceptance, to be honest. Self-love is just making, providing a self, like, not self providing a safe space for yourself within yourself like you know we live in our bodies our whole lives and in our minds and it's very important to make those places accepting safe nice places um for us so i think that's for me that is what self love is and it's it's about accepting myself and it's about allowing myself to just be not to be working towards a goal of like you know a weight goal or trying to better myself like, not better yourself but like trying to like push yourself into a into a certain mold because you think you have to it's about actually saying okay actually who am I what am I and I'm actually going to work at celebrating that and accepting it um so yeah the way I practice self love it's there's there's a whole load of stuff but um I definitely think sort of emotionally it's like being soft with myself and like allowing myself to feel my feelings and not um not sort of talking to myself badly I think positive self-talk is so transformational like if you can like and again the world teaches us to by default talk to ourselves in a negative way because it like you said someone's always profiting off it so whether that is financially or socially or you know any any other lee way <laughs> um so that's the thing yeah speaking to myself positively definitely has been a big big one um I also just take care of myself you know um try and be active do you know because, you know, I want to be, I'm definitely not, I'm not like a fitness person really. And I think again, my weight, I think definitely kept me shut out of that world. And I felt like I couldn't be, I couldn't do fitness. I couldn't go to the gym because I didn't look the right way. Um, but yeah, so finding things that you like, doing things that you like, doing things that make you feel good um, and developing good habits. And, you know, on the on the sort of decolonizing side because I think decolonization and self-love go hand in hand um so for you know any marginalized people who want to decolonize you can do that by loving yourself and you can do that by accepting yourself the way you are um and then I guess like you know also about setting good boundaries um is an act of self-love I think you know just living your truth is is a is an act of self-love and I think that's a it's a really broad one um but it's a good one to to work towards I think.
0: Yeah, that's honestly like such an an amazing answer. Um I think like describing self love as like as kind of self-acceptance and being you, um, is like such a nice way to put it, but that you can also practice it as well. Um yeah, perfect. Um and if you could give a final message to the people listening, um what would it be?
1: Ooh, oh um <laughs> I just I think that what would I want to tell everyone a bit of advice is this to do with like self-love or is it just anything anything? is it just life
0: anything you like (laughs) (laughs)
1: um okay I would I would like anyone listening to just remember to be soft with yourself and um you know you don't have to do everything now everything things will come things will fall into place all you need to do is focus on being you and being the best version of yourself, however that means to you, not to society. Um, Because that is how you will become the best version of yourself is by not looking at the noise. It's by looking internally and thinking, who am I? What do I care about? And what is important to me And working out those things? And then you can start working towards them. And, you know, obviously just being a good person and putting out, putting out good energy into the world. I think that's, that's definitely an important one that I want people to know because that comes back and it will come back to you. Um, maybe not now, but it definitely will. So yeah, just love yourself and love the earth and love everybody. I <laughs> <laughs> so like right. I'm getting a bit preachy now, but yeah, <laughs> ultimately, I think it does come down to living your truth and, you know, showing yourself a bit of kindness.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you, Um, thank you guys for having me.
0: Yeah, we've learned so much.
1: Oh, I love it. No, this is a really important space. So thank you so much for letting me letting me come in.
0: Of course, it was nice to have you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. I hope you have a good day.
0: Hi everyone. So since we haven't um, in a while, this and this is our tenth episode. uh, Let's go around. So names, pronouns. and it's summer, so what is your favourite ice cream or sorbet flavour? Okay, um, who wants to go first?
2: Eve? I love the addition of sorbet, like it couldn't just be ice cream, it has to be <laughs> sorbet as well. Um, I'm Eve, I'm 17, I use she, her pronouns. Um, and my favourite ice cream is, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Uh, either like cookies and cream or Rocky Road, like always, Ooh. yeah. pass it Uh to carol
3: (laughs) um my name is carol i use he him pronouns and at the moment i've been eating a lot of peace pops so um i really like the ben and jerry's peace pops at the moment um gabby do you want to go hey
4: what's up i'm gabby i use she her pronouns i'm also 17 and ice cream i will like fight people over mint chocolate chip superiority it's amazing it doesn't taste like toothpaste, I don't care what you say, it's wonderful, um, but like also I'd probably eat anything that Ben and Jerry's produced, so. Um, Ayushi, do you want to go ahead? Uh, hi, my name's Ayushi, I use she, hair pronouns, and my
5: favourite flavour of cho- ice cream is probably chocolate, or mint chocolate, or bubblegum, I'm not fussy, I will go with anything. <laughs> okay,
0: um, Amy. Um, thank you, um, I'm Amy, I use she, hair pronouns, um, favourite ice cream flavour, Um, probably Ben and Jerry's chocolate fudge, love that, or coffee, but recently I had a mocha ice cream, so best of both worlds. Um, okay, so what did you guys think of the interview, and does anyone have anything they want to
2: add? I thought it was amazing, like, I thought you pretty much, like the way she spoke was just like oh she was hitting every point I was like yes 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 but I loved I loved love love her final message at the end like that was like my thing like the way she like emphasized like being soft with yourself that's like literally how I live my life like I always okay this sounds weird but I always like whenever I talk to myself talk myself not crazy but like you know whenever I talk (laughs) to myself I always try to like imagine I'm talking to like a dog or like a kid like be like firm and like helpful but not cruel or putting yourself down you know like always come from a place of love when you're like talking to yourself and like come from a place that's like just being kind and being gentle like my new resolutions here was be gentle with myself like I just think if you're gonna like even doing anything in life it doesn't matter if exercise working out or like work or like anything as long as you're not like forcing yourself into a little box like you need to be like I can't oh my god I'm okay don't force yourself into a little box be generous yourself and let yourself have that space to like grow and like be the best person you can be without like hating yourself and putting yourself down like I just love that message of being soft with yourself and being kind to yourself that was just beautiful at the end
3: I know. Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, Gabby. It just reminded me of a quote. I love putting in quotes, but I was just sitting there. I don't mean, do you know that RuPaul quote? And it's, how can you love? Or what is it? It's like, how are you ever going to love? How are you ever going to love yourself? There's anyone one other quote. I just messed up the quote, even though I like know the quote. How are you ever going to love someone else if you don't love yourself? There you go. So you, you have to have self love, love, love to, you know, you have to spread love. It's really
2: hot today. It's really hot today again,
3: though. After a while as stroke. well.
2: Loving yourself is a step of a beautiful romance. Love that one didn't
3: Coco Chanel say something as well sorry Coco
2: Chanel was not a good person
4: we'll not go there you've literally just come in and stole my quote moment honestly I was about to come in with one but like mine was I know I'm going to say the word poem and everyone here is going to roll their eyes because this is what I do I come in with a poem for every occasion but um, there's one by Mary Oliver and it's called Wild Geese and the start of it is like you do not have to be good you do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. And I was just like, oh, you know, that's that's oh. fire. I, that was like what I was thinking of um, during the interview. I was like, yeah, that's my coach today, the day, guys. Cool. I love that.
0: I think like as well, what she was saying about like, I think generally like kind of being kind to yourself and like rest is resistance. Cause as we talked about, like in a system, that profits from like your production and, you know, you not having time to think about, you know, how oppressive everything is Um, like rest is resistance. And it's kind of balancing that with kind of seeing that the changes that need to be made and like changes not passive either. And it's like finding the balance between the two. And I think like Henna is so good at kind of, kind of basically explaining how kind of, rest and activism are so interlinked for her because I think a lot of people think of activism they're like oh they're up all night and it's constant crazy and a lot of the time it is but like that's not exactly that shouldn't be something that we're kind of the image we're showing of activism because inherently it, it shouldn't be you know
4: yeah and I think it's so like I mean rest is so important for people's like mental health as well mm-hmm. do you know what I mean you know it's true what you're saying Amy like I feel like We live a little bit, I think, in a world where it's kind of like hustle, hustle, hustle all the time, you know, Um, and people nearly feel like if they aren't doing something, then they should be doing something. And that like, you know, just not doing anything isn't okay nearly, you know, and that's like a really kind of toxic mindset. You know, it's important to let your body rest and to take time and to kind of switch off, because I think it can make people like really anxious and stuff, especially in the world of activism, like where you're tackling issues that are anxiety inducing I mean you know climate change and um, things like that and I think it's important for people to like know it's okay you know take time for yourself shut off you know the world is not going to collapse if you're not going for it 24-7
2: yeah That is so true. I think like we value productivity like so so much, and then forget that without you cannot have productivity without rest. Like Mm -hmm. you can't like have leave a car light on and the doors open all night and then expect the battery to be fine the next morning or your phone battery. You know, like things need to take time and recharge and rest. And like that's like so important. And like I think what they were saying about like sort of the three like what was the systems of like patriarchal colonization and. Uh, (laughs) capitalism like being like the root of like all those problems was like just so powerful like and like there's one thing I always say it's like loving yourself is like the most powerful act of rebellion you can do in like a system that profits off your insecurities and like that I like being able to like understand that resting is so important and being able to take that time back is such an important tool that people just don't like have because they're not taught it like being able to recharge and regroup and like build yourself up again is so much more powerful than going, 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 going until you burn out. You know what I mean? And that was just, that was, again, just really well addressed in the interview.
3: And even going off what you said about, you know, capitalism being one of the root issues of all this kind of thing. Um, a big part that Hannah said was like the kind of profit, almost profit being self-hate is being its own industry in capitalism Mm -hmm. and a lot of your own like self-hatred and like body image issues stuff like that is rooted from capitalism creating these ideals of the perfect body and these diet foods and diet culture gym culture and all this kind of thing that is purely done for profit and there's these huge companies and wealthy people benefiting off of um like body image issues and like just pure self-hatred you know
0: yeah and I I think as well, like when we're talking about constantly being productive, then you're kind of going this one direction. And sometimes in the system, we do need to look back. We need to kind of, I always think unlearning is just as important as learning. And often we don't like give space for that. Like if you look at beauty standards, like you might think that you're doing certain things like wearing makeup and shaving things for you, but like they have been created through a male gaze. And so even if like, you're not directly performing femininity for a man. Those ideals are created in the first place to cater to men. So now, like, of course, we've all been socially conditioned. So that's okay to practice, of course. And it, you know, often affords you like greater privilege that some women do need in this world to survive. But like, it's important to know that you are upholding the patriarchy and like to unlearn... That if, you know, you haven't been further marginalized and you do have the energy, like I do think unlearning, that's only one example, but like unlearning is just as impor- important as learning and we don't put enough emphasis on it a lot of the time.
2: That is so true. And also like self-forgiveness, like, for, like it's one thing to say like, oh my God, I've been you know, pulling systems for my own little individual actions these yeah. years, but like, it's okay to like... <laughs> it's okay to like be taught that like it's not your fault that's what i'm trying to say you know like what or oh, what she said about um like how she thought that like the flaws like in quotes were like problems that she had when she realized that they're actually problems that society had for her like that was so important and forgiving herself and like allowing herself to just be who she was and who, like that was just like i can I, my last turn taught again um <laughs> the heat i swear but yeah like that's just like so true no but i think that is exactly the
0: trouble of cancel culture like in all this like we have to remember that everyone is a product of society and like not everyone knows what ways they should be like unlearning that conditioning and like some people have just begun learning this and like most of us suspend this like this would be a lifelong journey constantly constantly decolonizing questioning the patriarchy like finding the root of biases and like practicing active listening and empathy but like that is where the trouble with cancel culture is like when you're talking when you're taking down people who want to learn and grow and have, you know, have made mistakes or have um kind of been practicing those systems, rather than the extreme wealthy who like abuse their power, like I do think that's a root call like problem with cancel culture the way it is nowadays.
2: And like what you were saying there, like it made me think of say <laughs> okay, I hate talking for the Kardashians, like I hate people that use down for everything. But if you think about say like how like people like accuse them of profiting off people's insecurities like or weight change or whatever and like diet teas and obviously like that's so true and like in particular people like always talk about Kylie Jenner and like how she got lip fillers. and what, what people fail to realize that is they created that person Like the media created that person like she joined that show when she was like a teenager and was forced to grow up under the spotlight under everyone like hating on her and abusing her for the way she looked and how she was as a human being forcing her to change herself and then blaming her for making other girls feel the same way when like you hate the monster that you created. Do you know I mean? The media like promotes this message of like self-acceptance and self love and blames people like celebrities for like promoting the message of not loving yourself or having to change yourself to love yourself. Whereas the media is the one for creating this in the first place. It's a continuous cycle. And like unlearning that cycle and recognizing it is so valuable. Like it's so easy to buy into like what, what you see online and what you see on social media. And if like that whole like cycle of wanting to change yourself to love yourself and then blaming people for changing themselves to love themselves is just so toxic and counterculture just like it really like nitpicks that and like makes it that like no one can like ever really grow as a person when they're like public sized online like it's so hard to like be yourself authentically and not like have be like don't say be like and not have someone hate on you for one specific reason that you can't even control does that make sense I don't know
4: completely I think like one thing I've always said is that, you know, you should present yourself in a way that makes you feel comfortable, you know? So like if you want to, again, if you want to like wear makeup and if you want to shave and stuff, and if that makes you feel comfortable in your skin and empowered and it makes you feel good about yourself, then do those things, you know? Um, But I suppose the kind of the root of all this is maybe, maybe like the way that people you know, it's not a bad thing to want to do these things when it becomes sort of, I suppose, um, a problem, a problem in society is when people feel judged for not doing these things, you know, um, and then they feel like they have to, you know, and I think maybe it's something that like people should look into themselves and kind of go, am I doing this because I want to, or am I doing this because I feel like I have to?
1: Yeah,
0: completely. And, I think as well like another kind of like vital point in this and again I think I think it's so important like you can know where the root is and you can you know um know maybe why yeah like that you're upholding certain systems by doing certain things but you can still do them like you can still do them as your own act but it's just knowing that like where they come from I think um and then making that like decision for yourself because at the end of the day everything should be really like the things, the way you present yourself should be for you. And I think an example of how maybe you can't authentically be yourself. I think Henna has spoken a lot about how much heightened this is for like people of color, but another vital point, um, in having to appear a certain way, like to be attractive as female is that like for a trans woman, like to be classified as a woman in many people's eyes, they have to pass. So, you can tell you can tell like a lot of people to exist authentically as yourself, but for trans women, they like society tries to put a lot of their, to be honest, the validation of their existence on how they look. So like they have to either conform to these beauty standards um, or they also feel pressure to get like surgery or hormones, which is important for some trans people, but it should not be necessary for all. Um, and it should be your own decision as you know, it can have health risk and it is expensive and it is just a, big decision um and essentially if cisgendered women feel they have to perform femininity we have to have empathy for how a trans woman must feel um and any trans person and like avoid making assumptions about gender based on appearance generally like like instead like assume that everyone uses they them pronouns until proven otherwise like that's something I'm trying to always incorporate but I think it's just like it's so important that when you're trying to live authentic, authentically as yourself and look as yourself and find that, you know, I think it's just such a complex complex that we need to break down um for trans or non-binary
4: people. It's slightly off the topic, but I thought that was interesting, a point you raised about like um, in terms of pronouns and stuff and people's pronouns and using they, them pronouns, unless you know otherwise, um, unless someone tells you otherwise, and I find it really interesting when you see people get mad about that. Do you know what I mean, yeah. you know, um, because like I mean, it's something that you automatically do anyway. You know, if like you find a jumper on the floor or something, oh, can you tell whoever lost their jumper that I found it? You know, you do it automatically. So I don't know why people then get like really angry about it when you say, Oh, well, it's a respectful thing to do, and they're like, Oh no, I just that strikes me as so strange. I don't get it.
3: And to like go off of Gabby, it's when people kind of, if you were to kind of fight back, if they give out to you, it often ends up being, but that's your opinion or something like that. And it's like, but it's not an opinion. It's basic human rights. You know, it's not, so it's not a political opinion to gender someone. If they identify something else, it shouldn't be someone else's opinion that you can't say that kind of thing. And like, I had this fight with someone a few weeks ago and they're like, but that's just your opinion. As in like, I'm not, I'm trying have to like, I need to rephrase it because it sounds like I'm coming from the wrong point. I'm going off of what Gabby said, as in people get angry if you use they, them pronouns. And they act like it's a big deal to use something other than he or she. And they say, that's your opinion, that it's not a he or she. But the whole thing is, it's not an opinion. If you don't identify as a he or she, it's a basic human right to have Identify as you please, you know, and then people act like it's a big deal to not be that, and I think it's just so wrong and having to conform to that whole like patriarchal outlook that it's one way. It's yeah, just totally. No, I agree
0: because like respecting someone's pronouns is respecting someone's identity and existence, and like that shouldn't be a choice because who they are, like their identity and them as a person, that's not a choice. That is valid. So it's not a like it shouldn't be a choice to respect their pronouns. And like I'm gonna put in a quote um seems to be a lot of quotes in this episode but um Gina Martin she's an activist and this I came across as like yesterday I think um but her quote is freedom of speech is not freedom of
4: consequences I think it just sums up everything Carol was saying Mm. that's a really good one actually Amy that's a really interesting one I think that's the thing like I suppose and I mean I know we've different laws here um we have a hate speech act here in Ireland um But one thing I found really interesting is, I don't know what, it was some YouTube video I think I saw and it was like interviewing people and it was over in America. And I know, is it the third amendment protects freedom of speech in America? I'm not sure. It's one of them. It's an amendment. But it was people kind of going like, oh, well, I have this amendment. I can say what I want. And I'm like, well, like, yes, but it's like, like you said, Amy, you know, freedom of speech. It's not freedom from consequences. You can say what you want, but like there's going to be consequences because you've said that, you know? Um, And I'm not really sure people quite aligned the two things together, which I found a bit bizarre. Um, But yeah, that point added nothing to the conversation. No, I I I think it did.
3: (laughs) I think it did. The whole like concept of freedom of speech is that you're able to free, like you're freely able to say what you want as long as it's not hurting or damaging other people but then people are happily able they're happily to like say what they want as they please but then not actually listen to the other side of the opinion like that's where that whole thing becomes a problem you know and not accept their own consequences for actions
2: you know what annoys me about like the amendments and like the American Constitution how they literally like hold it so dear to the heritage of the fact that it was written so long ago like first off the freedom of speech was written so that like, they could protest against a government that was being like acting in like controlling ways towards people it wasn't about like I can be mean to you because I have freedom of speech it's about like that you can have you have the right to protest against a government that was the first amendment which is freedom of speech and then the one about this is not about and conversation but like again like the one about bearing arms like that was written when like guns were like a one shot or, like there was no thing machine guns or any of that like these amendments this constitution was written so so long ago and people still hold it so closely obviously having values to your country is important whatever but like that doesn't make it the nlbl it doesn't make it an excuse to like act the way you want to act and say well the amendment says i can't have freedom of speech like that's not freedom instance for free and speech like even the irish constitution right like that was written in 1938 right like the de Valera's version of the constitution and it's still in place today with 37 amendments but there's an amendment about women, and it's still there today and it hasn't been changed and it's basically what it, uh, I can't remember the exact phrasing but it's a woman's place within the home gives the state a value which they cannot like prosper without something like that and it's basically like singling like a woman's like placed in the home and like obviously like that's like if someone in the government said it today like people would be outraged and it's still like the value of our like it's our constitution but that doesn't make it like the value of our country today like right like going off something that was written so long ago like I don't see how you can like like times change and like values change and using that as an excuse to like act the way you please just so disgusting to me and I've never understood it.
3: No, I know what you're on about. It's, it's article 41.2. Yeah. It's the one where it's like women's places in the home and the government will do anything it can to keep them at home. It's, it's so ridiculous.
4: Like with what Eva's saying, I know this is like pretty much completely irrelevant to what we're talking about in the interview, but um, you know, conversation flow, What was I saying? Yes, it was about people being like, oh, you can change the constitution. I don't know how many times I've seen people comment, oh, you can change the constitution. I'm like, yes, you can. That's what votes are for. You know, I mean, the constitutions of most countries have been changed since they were made. You know, the constitution here in Ireland has been changed. Constitution over in America has been changed, you know, and I think you kind of like you change your laws around the society of the time, you know, I mean, and like, I don't know, again, it's just a strange one to me. I'm like, things can be changed, you know, that's why we have votes and that's why we decide on laws. Um, Once the country decides that they no longer want a certain law or they want to bring in a new law, will you vote on it, you know? And yeah, again, not really a very relevant point, but I'm just talking at this point, lads.
2: No, like so off topic again, but like the Bible, like I'm a Catholic, I believe in God, but like you can't like, like how is a book written 2000 years ago? Like you're going to use that an excuse to like be hateful. That's a book about being loved. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like times change, people change, society changes. It's so obvious. Like even back to our actual interview, the beauty standard—how often that changes over the years. Like it's insane. Like the beauty standard today compared to the beauty standard like even five, ten years ago is completely different. Like, and we can get into that. But like, I just don't understand people. Unless you like act like society can't grow as a whole. And like, as Guy was like, the reason we have like votes and democracy is to like allow that change and allow that growth. Like we can't be stagnant. We have to like look to the future.
0: Yeah, and like societal change is so important because at no time in history, and people can look back in history and say, that was a good time. It wasn't. You may not be hearing, like you'll be hearing the history of the privilege more than likely, But no time in history has been perfect for everyone. Um, Like, probably further back, back in the, like, when people were living as cavemen, it was probably like, all right, then there wasn't too much of a society. But, like, no time in history with a society has been perfect yet, and it still isn't. Like, we need change all the time. And, like, in the Constitution and the Bible, all those have been interpreted, like, freedom of speech. That can be used as, you know, like, for an activist trying to advocate for trans rights, or it can be used. For gun loss or something like that you know it can be used in same with the bible you know what I mean it can be interpreted um and like yeah I think just that thing about like change moving and with beauty standards like it's again it's like narrowing on something that hugely impacts people but seems like small and narrow but like if you look at like a really basic one is weight now like now skinniness is like very idolized especially which is weird skinniness but also curvy which is extremely impossible like it's very very difficult and um, which is an annoying one but like skinniness will say for like the ease of everything but like back in history wealthy people would have been seen as more beautiful if they had more weight and it's all because they had more money to spend on food so generally society would have valued weight more than thinness because thinness was more about being poor and that wasn't valued as like a beauty standard. Um, So like that's a really basic version. But like beauty standards change and someone is profiting and
2: someone is gaining from your insecurity is such an important message. Just on your point about history, like I... I read a quote for, I don't know where it's from, another quote, guys, but it's history is told through the eyes of the victors. So, like, that was like, so when you were saying about like history, like, and how like every time in history sounds like idealistic and it wa- really wasn't because of, you know what I mean? That's just like, I hate when people, I was when people say, like, I was born in the wrong generation. Like, mm, girly, like, you're romanticizing a whole like era that was probably had like a lot of bad problems, as today still does, but you know what I mean? um But like, what you're saying, Peace, are like, like what you're saying about weight being like a like a, commo- like a not commodity like a, a value thing like back in say like elizabethan ages or whatever in england or whatever um like fashion it like displays that like the tiny like corsets but then with the big massive like skirts bustles like at the back like and em- huge shoulders emphasizing like weight was seen as a positive thing because it meant you could afford food you know and actually uh like skin tone kind of played into that because like uh at first like say like you see a lot of paint like queens would have like really really white like powder and use like white paste to, like paint their skin but then it became like uh being tanned became this thing those things you can afford to go on holiday and you can afford to get tanned um and then it changed back and it's like this constant like reversal and renewal of these stupid like standards of beauty but like even what you're saying about like skinness and curviness, like if you go back to like 20 years ago 10 years ago like 2000s this, the beauty of 2000s was like stick thin, like straight like I don't want to say, I don't want to give shapes, white types, but like rectangular kind of style, like Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, like Lindsay Lohan, like models, kind of like body, athlete, like kind of body. And then compared to like the 2010s, which saw Kim Kardashian kind of coming on, so I don't want to talk about again, but like with a much different body style to say Paris Hilton would. And then that became their ideal beauty. And like, these constant beauty standards that are constantly changing and constantly evolving it's impossible to keep up with them you can't have both body types and like fit yourself to each standard like that's never going to happen you're never going to fit like no one even fits into the body you know what I mean like it's such a stupid concept to like have this one box where everyone has to fit in to feel like validated to feel worth and to feel beautiful when it changes so frequently like okay I don't want to talk with celebrities but pop culture is like I love my (laughs) business so but like basically Kim Kardashian was Paris Hilton's best friend and like at the time like Paris Hilton was the ideal and Kim Kardashian was kind of more of a hanger on because she didn't have that kind of body type and then she kind of blew up and made famous and then, like the whole hourglass stupid another shape Ugh, I hate shapes and body and fashion and stuff like that. it's so stupid but and, like the hourglass style became much more like wanted over say like a more rectangular style and now you have people like using like weight trainers like so that to try and get the hourglass style and your body isn't built like that your, your bones cannot move to fit the beauty center like oh sorry I'm getting very heated but like it's very hot in here um but like the point of this all rant is is like accepting yourself is more than your body and more than your beauty and knowing that your beauty isn't your value and the concept of beauty in in general is just subjective like you can never fit into that box that is the beauty standard of like today like it's just impossible and beauty is always changing beauty is always subjective so acceptance i can't even speak properly today just to carry on oh sorry go ahead
5: (laughs) I usually <laughs> <laughs> um just to carry on from like what Amy and Eve have been saying, the entire standard of beauty is changing so much, and like this is going back a long time, but like the Greek goddess of beauty, Aphrodite, her there's statues of her, and like you see body rolls because like they were they are beautiful, and like if someone doesn't appreciate that, that's just that's their their that's their problem, and I don't know where I'm going with this, but like they they are a beautiful thing, and like you shouldn't.
2: Uh, I don't know where my turn of thought t- t- is going now,
5: but my point is they're a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah, same. Like how like that was the ideal.
3: Yeah. It's how the body, like once again, like how body standards have changed. But like, I was just thinking there, the whole concept of body standards is just another way for kind of like profit really. And like, not necessarily profit, but like patriarchal views and like capitalism kind of forcing people to conform to different, you know, ideals.
0: Yeah, no completely. But like we have When you think about beauty standards, it's so important to know that, like, nobody is the beauty standard and, like, the beauty standards are there to marginalize certain people and that is the same for everything, like, everything, like, it's the same for every part of how a person looks, like, someone's profiting off your insecurity, yes, but people who have been further marginalized are going to be less accepted in that, like, idealized box they they will be because like as henna was saying it goes back to the three systems and those three systems are there to oppress certain people and the beauty standards uphold that um it's just really important to think of that when you think someone else isn't beautiful and also when you like find an insecurity in yourself um okay so we have to go soon does anyone have a final message
4: or anything like that I think my final message is that we've literally been bouncing one brain cell between the <laughs> five of us this entire time. <laughs> Honestly, whoever's listening to this, um, I apologize on my behalf anyway. I don't I assume. know why last I- 20 minutes, but um, love yourself and you should be able to feel good in your skin and know that self-love and self-confidence is a form of you fighting capitalism. So go you go Gabby and accept yourself
2: I think acceptance is is like the first step to loving yourself do you know what I mean like I think acceptance is always so overlooked underlooked but it's just so important like you are who you are and own that
0: haven't said this for a couple of episodes so um drink some water (laughs) (laughs) back to basics um my message is to go back to henna's message and listen to it again and yeah go forward with that Okay, Gabby, do you wanna count us out? Um yeah, in Irish.
4: Coolio. Do we have a secure enough connection from Carol to give a message or is he just gonna sit there and look pretty? He's gonna <laughs> sit there and look pretty. Okay, okay. He's mouthing Slawn in a few minutes, so that's enough. <laughs> okay guys, um I heen ado a three.
0: We hope you enjoyed our podcast. Also, you can read the entire transcript of every episode in the link to our Google Drive, which you can find on our Instagram. Once again, online youth information chat is live from 4pm to 8pm, Monday to Friday at ymca-ireland.net slash question, or find ymca at yiyoungvoices. You can find our Instagram account at Sustainable Steepover Club, because we'd love to engage with you, our listeners every second thursday we will release a new episode but for now slán